It's time to register for the annual Insure Justice Conference at Vanguard University's Global Center for Women and Justice. The conference is always the first Friday and Saturday of March. That way, you can make it a recurring event in your calendar. 2024, it's March 1st and 2nd. We're just a couple of months away. Our theme is Keeping Our Children Safe Online. We will explore the issues. What is happening online? What are the risks for our children at this stage of their development? What can we do as parents, caregivers, teachers, community members? Our speakers include many of our podcast expert guests, and we are partnering with our Orange County Department of Education. Check out our website for more info, and don't miss the early bird rates. Go on over to gcwj.org forward slash justice right now. There is a virtual option for our global listeners, as well as special rates for college students. Join us to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference at Insure Justice, March 1st and 2nd, 2024. You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 310. What's the best way to equip business leaders? My name is Sandy Morgan, and this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. It is so great to have Kirsten and Kenneth from BEST with us today. Kirsten Foote, PhD, is the CEO and Executive Director of Businesses Ending Slavery and Trafficking, BEST, which equips employers to counter human trafficking and provides pathways to safe employment for trafficking survivors. BEST offers employers video-based and in-person training services, consulting on anti-trafficking strategy, and advisement on communicating about human trafficking with employees, customers, vendors, and the public. She was also my guest on episode 111 of our podcast. Her colleague, Kenneth Andrew, is Vice President for Global Small, Medium, and Channel Partners with Microsoft Advertising, and his career has taken him to many parts of the world. He seeks to leverage his abilities to drive positive change in the business world and beyond. As a member of BEST's Board of Directors since 2018, he helps businesses interrupt and prevent human trafficking. I am so glad to welcome both of you to the show today. Thank you. Thank you, you nice to be here. And Kirsten, it's been a, quite a while since we've been together, but we used to hang out a lot, maybe not in person, but particularly 
online and on the phone. And I especially remember when we recorded episode number 111, because your amazing research and book on collaboration came out at that time. And I'm just curious how you moved from writing and research in the academic world to being a nonprofit CEO. It's a recent change. It's what I'm still catching up in all different levels psychologically, but I am motivated to be leading best of all things because best does what I have been advocating through my research for over 15 years now. Best works across sectors, across the private sector, the public sector, the nonprofit sector, to catalyze much more strategic, uh, effective interaction um, between organizational leaders against human trafficking. So after months of hearing about best search for a new CEO, literally three invitations in, I, I realized I really should consider applying. And so I did. And Kenneth could tell you more of the story since he's on the board. But I realized through a very rigorous interview process that BEST was incredibly well organized and highly effective and and that I would really have joy in helping multiply its efforts and lead it in its new, new stage. So I'm just four months in, but I'm loving it. And I see all kinds of potential for the kinds of things that BEST can do. And I want to help that happen. I'm eager to see the application of the principles in your book on collaboration, which we still use in our anti-human trafficking certificate courses here at Mm -hmm. Vanguard. So we appreciate your knowledge, your insight, and now we're going to watch you as you lead in this new sphere. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Kenneth, as a board member, of BEST. You've been in this for a while. You also represent the business community in many ways. Can you give us a little better idea of the mission and vision of BEST? Yeah, absolutely. And and first, I should also say how delighted we are as a board to have um, Kirsten on board, really helping us lead through this next chapter, because this really is a pivotal moment for us, as this is one of the fastest kind of growing crimes we have in society today. So it was really important for us to find a leader that could kind of champion the cause and really drive our mission forward. And really, when we think about our mission Um, Best role is really to align and equip uh, leaders to use the power of business to prevent human trafficking. And so what that means is, how do we leverage the business community? How do we partner with them, train, enable, drive awareness of this as a societal issue? And how do we equip them to be able to not just sort of observe or sort of understand the issue, but to be able to interrupt and to do that in a safe way. And that's really what BEST is is trying to do, is look at ways to equip the business community with the tools and resources and training to be able to identify, interrupt, and then take action to really support these victims. So, Why do you believe that businesses need to be proactive? Look, 
fundamentally, human trafficking is an abuse of human rights. And it's happening in many places, hidden, in plain sight, and sometimes. And business leaders have a number of options. Look, they can just, they can ignore it, and therefore, potentially, unwittingly enable it. Or they can aim to interrupt in a way that can lead to preventing it. And so I think businesses have that sort of responsibility to take action. I also think sort of ignorance and complicity, even unintentional, could be costly to businesses. There's financial costs due to fines or lawsuits of of people who who have been victims through their services or product or their, 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 their business. There's also revenue impact that could come from reputational harm or lost businesses. You know, imagine, do you want to stay at a hotel that you know that has been somehow unwittingly involved in some form of human trafficking challenge or issue? Would that not question your their security, their measures, their morality as a business, honestly? And in a world of social media and, and how information is so pervasive and so quickly shared and spread, businesses need to form a position on injustice and and how they can manage and mitigate potentially negative sort of situations. Um, I think it's also, you know, I work at Microsoft and one of the reasons I work at Microsoft is I am proud of their mission and I am proud of the social stance and position that Microsoft takes on a number of issues facing our society today. And so integrity, social responsibility, equity and the well-being of employees and customers and clients is a reason why people come to work at a company, and it's also the reason why they stay at a company. And so I think it's really important for businesses to show up as, as a leader and encourage people to see that, that they have principles and they have ethics and they have very clear measures in place to prevent issues like this. So I think people want to align to organizational practices with stated values. They want to improve employee morale and loyalty. And by taking a stance and being very clear on their social responsibility area, I think is a, is a really another reason why businesses should care. Well, I, I just wanted to jump in here because about a year and a half ago, we had Ambassador John Richmond here at Vanguard, and we had a business forum, and he gave us sort of a look into the future of what was emerging and the sense that the movement is beginning to place the onus on business leaders, you know, with the passage of the Uyghur Anti-Human Trafficking Prevention Act. Now, you've got guidelines that are legislated and instead of investigators, law enforcement, Department of Labor having to have all the burden on them, businesses have a burden of proof on them as well. So how do you see best intervening or actually enhancing that transition in within the movement? Maybe both of you could give an answer. Well, I'd say to that that 
with the passage of the California Supply Chain Transparency Act. I love that. Yes. Go back 2010. And and the recent revision, right, that is strengthening that. Um, States across the U.S. and many other countries are are recognizing, you know, of course, the, the original version of that act just required a declaration of whatever a business was or wasn't doing. But that is changing. And with the act that, that you mentioned, Sandy, businesses are, are now increasingly going to be expected to take responsibility. And I would say most business leaders, from my perspective, want to do the right thing. And best assumes good intent when businesses come to best with interest in and, and ideas about what can be done. There are a variety of ways that that best can equip businesses to engage proactively, safely, and effectively in countering human trafficking. And it begins with thinking about what a business's overall strategy is going to be. So it is really not sufficient to just say, oh, we're going to do a supply chain check through some third-party vendor and just check a box. And it is also not sufficient to say, well, we're going to pop and play this brief curriculum for our employees and and they're going to watch it once and that's going to be it. There, There really needs to be an overall organizational strategy of what is this organization's risk? What are its opportunities? Basically a SWAT analysis? What are our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, our threats in relation to human trafficking? And what will our organization's strategy be, whether independently as a unique organization or as part of an industry? Because increasing their industry-level efforts that are underway, and, and I think the legislation is helping with that. Certainly the hotel industry, some other types of, of industries, transit, there are there's some really exciting things happening as industry leaders, not just individual businesses, consider what our overall strategy needs to be. But that also then immediately calls into question, how are we going to communicate about this? Because training employees or equipping employees to recognize indicators of trafficking, all of which BEST does, all of that, are these are forms of communication. So again, Sandy, back to why did I leave a discipline of communication as an academic to join BEST? Well, because Countering human trafficking is about communicating about it. And and business leaders really need help thinking through how are we going to communicate about this in a constructive, effective, equitable way? How are we going to advance our, our core values as a business in how we communicate regarding human trafficking? And how are we going to do that with employees in particular ways, with customers or vendors in other ways, and with the various aspects of public audiences that are listening to us, that are accessing our property, that are buying our our goods or services. Those are all external audiences for organizations for which communication needs to be carefully crafted. So one thing BEST does in the beginning point, helping business leaders plan a strategy and think through how they're going to communicate in that strategy to each of these different kinds of of groups of people that are core to their business or external um, members of the public that are really important. So if, for example, sex trafficking can be really difficult to talk about well in the work environment because of taboos, because of sensationalism in the media, because of all different kinds of things. But other aspects of trafficking, labor trafficking and exploitation that's been historically grounded in a particular region of the world or a particular type of work, type of industry, that also can be very sensitive, very difficult to talk about well and best can help with with a communication strategy and some actual guidance on on how to do that communicating. 
Fest also offers a really fantastic set of of training opportunities for businesses. And I get to brag about it because I didn't build any of these. I'm uh-huh. stepping into it and helping improve them and, and help get them out better. But best video trainings are a, a core piece of what it does embedded in in-person multi-level trainings whenever possible. Those video trainings themselves, though, are, are really distinct in the field of trainings for businesses because they're story-based. They're first-person narrative-based. They draw in multiple voices, diverse people that um, are, are experts in or affected by human trafficking, sex trafficking, and labor trafficking in any industry and in specific industries. And that makes them really memorable and very impactful for the people listening to them. The purpose of all those training videos and the larger curriculum that goes around and the kinds of in-person events that best staff hold at businesses to help train trainers and answer questions and help businesses advance beyond just introduction to human trafficking is all about equipping people in their workplace to be able to identify indicators of trafficking behavior, not racial profiling, not gender profiling, but indicators of possible force, fraud, or coercion as they may be encountering in the context of their work, and then know how to report that safely and effectively to interrupt it with the intent that enough interruption is going to actually prevent it for that business in that workplace. That's the essence of what BEST does for businesses. And it's it's really, really impactful. There are awareness raising materials. There are other pieces of communication that all go around that, but I'm trying to convey the core of it. Right. So we'll put a yeah. link to directly to the part on your website about train your staff. I think that's brilliant. I've heard you say safety or safely three times since we started Mm. this conversation. Why is that an important aspect of any kind of anti-human trafficking training? I'll let Kenneth take a first point of talking on that from his perspective within business. And then Kenneth, I'll I'll elaborate around that. But let's let's hear what you have to say about those things in relation to to businesses being proactive about trafficking. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of things. So to my point around how do you do, how do you equip your staff to be able to deal with to be able to observe, interrupt, and then take action. We have, you have to do that in a way that it not only protects the brand or the company, the business that you're working for, but that also that you are protecting the safety of that individual. So that person who is stepping in. So how should they, if they see something happening, they see something that isn't what isn't right. They have been trained upon this best helps provide a very clear sort of set of next steps in order to actually take action in a in a safe way for that employee for that safe way for that uh, business that they represent but also the safe way for the victim as well and i think those are the three elements that we need to make sure of is we often feel like oh we should jump into a situation and we feel we're doing the best thing but sometimes our actions have unintended consequences if we don't follow the right steps and procedures. Particularly in the sex trafficking space, this is, there are people who are often controlling the victims. These people can be dangerous. These people can be armed. There can be, there can be all sorts of 
challenges and issues. And if you as an employee step into that situation, you need to be equipped with the knowledge to know how to act. And so safety is really, really, really important. I recall being in a rideshare recently this last summer when I was traveling and the driver listened to me and my colleague as we were debriefing on the conference we'd just spoken Mm -hmm. at and he had so many questions. So what are you doing? And safety was at the core of that because we told Mm -hmm. him, do not do not become, don't put on your cape and become the yes. hero. The so hero. Kirsten, how do you intervene in that? And what would you say to people who are, what do they call it, gig drivers, whatever? Yeah, well, and not just not just gig drivers, but anyone interfacing with the public who is witnessing a situation where there may be a controller present. So in best training, we, we use the term controller to refer to that person who is perhaps controlling someone else for the purpose of exploiting them. And so what may be apparent to an employee of of a rideshare or for hire or any other type of industry, right, is that they may see an instance where there's behavior actions being taken that are indicators of exploitation unfolding right in front of them. Things that are um, threats or, or actual physical violence or uh, a really overwhelming surveillance or power dynamic, a number of other things, right? I'm not going to go into all these indicators, but when someone in the context of their work observes that, the first question that best trains them to ask is, is there a controller present? And if there is, Best practice is to not insert oneself in the situation, but get out of the situation as soon as possible to alert law enforcement with the best information possible of the who, what, when, where, what cars were involved, what locations were involved. And if possible, in the situation, if it's possible to communicate directly with a potential victim apart from the controller important fundamental starting point question is just, are you okay? Because the answer to the question, are you okay? If asked when a potential victim is alone, could be, yes, I'm just fine. In which case there's not much that the employee can do. But if there's any answer of like, I feel afraid, or I don't want to go back, or please don't drop me off there or anything else, then that opens up a number of other questions and other options for for the employee um, to take action on. But it is really, really important for the safety of the employee and the potential victim that that there be a situational awareness regarding the presence or proximity of a controller and that there's a different process of action needed if a controller is present versus if a controller is not. I will put the caveat here that if it appears to an employee that a minor is involved, that the person who might be being victimized might be a minor, that requires an immediate call to 911 as soon as it's safe for the employee to do that or somehow communication with someone else to call 911. There's a variety of ways that an employee can think through how would it be possible to get a hold of 911 with a minor involved without endangering oneself 
as the employee or or that minor. So these are some things that, that BEST gets into in um, more advanced training and in, in question answer sessions with employers, because it depends on the industry, on the type of workplace. Is someone in a vehicle and moving? Are they stopped? Are they in a, in a store location? There's lots of different scenarios there. But I hope that starts to give you an indication of the priority of safety for employees as they move from being bystanders, because unfortunately, the evidence over decades here is that in many cases, human trafficking has played out under the, the watch of people at work in various industries just doing their job, not necessarily recognizing what they're seeing, or if they recognize it, having no idea what to do, how to respond effectively and safely. That's what BEST is trying to turn around. And it, again, there's a lot of different situational awareness components to that. But fundamentally, it's about taking effective action in the moment with someone who might be being victimized by asking them in private, are you okay? And of course, the follow-up question, is there a need that I could help you with if they express that need? Okay. And Kenneth, do you want to add anything there? No, I think, no, I think Kirsten covered the main points. So then let me go just a little deeper with mm-hmm. this, you talked about an, an employee deciding what to do in the moment. And I know from way back when I first started working with women around safety issues and reducing violence against women, we taught them to be prepared. They had to practice what they were going to do. I think all of us girls, we all learn to walk with our keys between our fingers. Now we've we've got a fob. I don't know what to do about that. But my, my, my understanding with your training is that this actually feeds in to having policies in place. And when we operationalize our intent in a policy, that takes the onus off of the employee, because this is what my employer has laid out for me. I think that's an important element. And I, I see, Kenneth, you're shaking your head. Yes. Do you want to comment and, and how you see that from a business perspective? Yeah, I mean... Um, I'm just reflecting because only last night I I took my standards of business conduct training at Microsoft here, Mm. which talks very much about sort of the ethics of doing business, how you need to show up and how we have we all have accountability as employees to live the values and brand of the business that we work for. We're all representatives and therefore our actions matter and they mean something. And so we do have to take actions. And so, yes, I think by by influencing policy and sort of guidance, employee handbooks, all of that work makes a very clear statement to the employee. Yeah, we, we expect you to uphold these values and we expect you to take action. And so I think it's, I think it's really important. So... We mentioned sex trafficking. I want to address labor trafficking. More and more we're seeing unaccompanied minors that are in poultry processing factories or hotel cleaning or office business cleaning. And labor trafficking victims are often doing things that are legal, so you're not going to interrupt it because 
it's something that is a real job. And identifying people who aren't happy in their job, I I have to tell you, I don't, when I'm traveling, I don't see a lot of, of hotel cleaning staff whistling, oh, I'm happy to be at work. But that doesn't mean that they're trafficking victims. So how do we address interrupting labor trafficking from the business perspective? So there, um, a common set of indicators that can point to, right, or help us recognize when we're seeing instances of force, fraud, you know, deception, or coercion playing out in worker interactions right right in front of us. And that's true across industries. But it is the case that people um, engaging in work where they're interfacing with the public are more likely to encounter situations where, where they get to observe that firsthand. So there's all kinds of stories, Sandy, as you know, of, of an individual who's been compelled to work without pay, without freedom to move, finding a way to let somebody know and ask for help. But best training is is helping employees notice that proactively and ask the question, are you okay? So just one one recent example from an organization Best Partners with a transit employee was in a in a, a transit station, saw a person looking confused um, bruised and uh, very distressed, asked the question, are you okay? And the person said, no, I have no idea where I am, how I got here, or, or what's going to happen. And that led to a conversation in which the person disclosed. Exploitative labor over many weeks had left them completely unsure of everything, uh, you know, hungry, exhausted, no, no idea where they are. And the transit worker knew enough to report that well, which connected the person with services in the language that's their home language and gave them access to a whole bunch of resources to help them find a path out of that exploitation. Thanks that to that transit worker who recognized the signs of distress that could have indicated a lot of things, but could also have indicated, and in fact did indicate, labor trafficking and knew what to do to respond and connect that person with the services that they needed to find their way out um, of the exploitation and literally out of that transit station into a safe place. Oh, my goodness. And that story brings us back to why. And when you were introducing the mission and vision, Kenneth, I loved that you landed on a victim-centered approach. That's why we're doing this because people do not deserve to be exploited or become slaves. I wish we had more time. We're going to have to do this again, Kirsten. I love this new direction in your leadership. Kenneth, it is a delight to meet you. And so as we wind up, I want our listeners to go to the show notes and click on the link and look around yourself. And then I'm going to give you each 30 seconds for your parting words. And Kenneth, you get to go first. Well, thank you. And look, thank you to your listeners, because by listening to this, you're also increasing your awareness and you can potentially be that person that steps in to to interrupt and intervene and, and be that sort of that voice. What we hear most often from victims is, People think I'm invisible. And that moment of connection with another human 
is so important. Looking at someone who you can see is clearly suffering and saying, are you okay, matters. It really, really matters. And so that's our mission. Best goal is to enable you all and employees of businesses to be able to observe, interrupt and take action safely. So I will add to this that that best exists to equip businesses to not just comply with whatever regulation their industry faces or uh, whatever a minimum standard is, but to actually lead and shine in their industry as a leader in doing the right thing for the right reasons and to, to reap all the benefits of that, to reduce their employee turnover and increase their employee loyalty, to reduce their risk of liability and to do it because it's the right thing to do. And it's this, this is a moment for businesses to differentiate themselves as leaders in a way that is going to accrue all kinds of benefit to them. And they're doing the right thing as businesses within their sector, as well as to the members of their local community and their international community that matter to them. We believe business leaders want to act with integrity and do the right thing, and we want to equip them to do that. And there's all kinds of great examples of business leaders already doing that, and there's room for many more. So BEST wants to be available to any business leader that wants to help its organization lead in this area. I'm delighted to have had you both here today, and I'm looking forward to following you. I believe that this is a concrete approach to more than awareness for businesses who are literally poised in the workplace where trafficking victims are often, as Kenneth said, often feel invisible. So thank you both for coming, and I will uh, hope to have you back. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy. I'm so grateful that Kirsten and Kenneth joined us for this conversation. There were so many points that made me think of questions people have asked me about how business leaders can become part of the solution, how they can join the movement in meaningful ways, not just writing a check. So if you are like me and you think of someone, please invite them to join our community to by sharing this podcast episode, either through an email or on your social media. Recently, several of our community of listeners have posted their favorite episodes on their social media so their community can also learn with us from the experts and field practitioners that are our guests on this podcast. And if you're new here, go on over to endinghumantrafficking.org. You can find resources, links to things mentioned in this conversation, and learn about our anti-human trafficking certificate program here at Vanguard University. Please join us again in two weeks. See you then.